0: Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wawandari people of the Kulin nations, and recognize their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods. A sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery and old world magic. Where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. Hello, and welcome back to Ritual. My name is Amy Harvey, and I will be your host for today. Um, I hope you've all been having... I hope you've all... I hope you all have been having a really good week. Uh, my week has been pretty good, actually. It's Sawan Ritual Box Week for me at uh, my store, Weekends Age. We, every Sabbath, I release a ritual box to do with... Uh, that Sabbath and it includes all these different items to make your turn of the wheel as magical as possible. So, those weeks are always pretty hectic, um, but in a good way, they always have a good buzz about it. So, yeah, this week has been uh, a big Sawan Ritual Box week, but it's all good, all exciting, and um, yeah, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Uh, now, this episode is very exciting because it has i uh, got one of my most favorite witchy friends, um, Hannah, Hannah from Hannah the Suburban Witch. She is on with me and I have known Hannah for a little bit now. You may have seen us. We've done a couple of lives together on Instagram before and she's always just super awesome to chat to. She's just filled with so much knowledge and she's a fellow witchy mum too, so we, we get it. We're on the same page and... Um, I'm always messaging her for, to pick her brain for tips and ideas. And she has a TikTok account as well, um, if you haven't seen it. And that's it's the best. She does the funniest videos. So um, definitely go and check her out. But this uh, so this week, my interview is with Hannah. And I just wanted to forewarn you, We um, there must have been something going on in the air that night. We were actually talking about it. We thought maybe it could have been some Faye action or something crazy because we were having the worst luck with technology. It was like one thing after another was going wrong. At one moment, she had a cat in her drawer. Like literally, it just, there were so many things. So... <laughs> You just need to keep in mind that the beginning, the sound may be a little bit off, um, but it does get better. So just, just you know, hold on, just get through the uh, the pain threshold and things will iron itself out as we as we figured it all out. Um, but yes, just a little warning, there may be some weird cuts and we may sound like we <laughs> have restarted a conversation 27 times because look we we had to <laughs> otherwise it would have been a lot of swearing and us going what the hell is going on but we got there so it's a good interview it's a good chat um I hope you enjoy it and happy listening so I'm very excited because today I am with someone very special um she is a witch she is a astrologer she's a tarot reader she's a mum and And she is someone I am very lucky to call a friend. And uh, that lady is Hannah, the Suburban Witch. Hello.
1: Hello. Thank you very much for having me and for that wonderful, warm introduction. It makes me feel a little fuzzy inside. (laughs) Oh,
0: thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like we're just like catching up. But I'm like also deep diving into your life.
1: I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm always like, yay, I get to talk to Amy and it doesn't it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun.
0: Um, so how are you? You're up in Queensland now.
1: Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, sunny Queensland where I'm, I'm a true Queenslander. I think I've been up here for almost oh, about two months now. Two months. That's uh, eight weeks. And I've turned into a real Queenslander because I put my winter pajamas on last night. And I was all snugged up and my husband looked at me and went, what are you doing? It's 25 degrees. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess it felt a little chilly. <laughs> I am Queensland.
0: <laughs> how um, how did you guys go after those floods? Because that was pretty epic. I know that your area, like your street was like, was
1: flooding. Was that right? My street was fine. We're on like a really steep hill. All of, I swear all of Queensland is very hilly. It's very hilly here our house was okay. Although our garage roof started to cave in because I've never seen so much. It was just consistently heavy rain for like more than a week nonstop. And to the point where it became like, if you have white noise in the background and someone suddenly turns it off and you're like, Oh my God, that was so loud. I had no idea because it just fades into your existence that's what happened. So when the rain finally stopped at 4am, it woke me up because the sound stopped. Like that's, I've never had that before with rain. So our garage roof, there was a cracked roof tile that we didn't know about until obviously the rain started. And it was on the first day of the really heavy rain that we noticed the roof starting to like bubble, like the plaster was bubbling and there was a big drip and we were like, hmm, it's not good. So we put a bucket under it and two hours later we had to empty the bucket and we're like, yeah, that's, that's not good. <laughs> so we called, uh, Something defense housing, wrong. which is, yeah, defense housing is who we're with cause we're a military family. And they pretty much just said, uh, it's a weekend. We can't help you. You'll have to wait till next week. And we're like, but, but the roof might cave in. They're like, well, call SES. And we're like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's not for them to like come and fix our roof. It's dripping. That's on you guys. But Regardless, um, it stayed up, thankfully, and we had some guys come out and fix the roof tile, and now we're still waiting for the actual plaster roof section to be fixed. It's all going moldy and gross because it's so humid here, so that's fun, Uh, but that's the worst that we really got. We had to stay in our house for over a week because we couldn't leave because everything was flooded. There was a landslide like a kilometer from my house blocking all of the roads. Uh, A lot of my friends and family were stuck in their homes, or their homes flooded, and then it went down to New South Wales and then it hit really, really bad. So that was scary, but we are safe, thankfully. Yeah. And they're still doing cleanup and And they're still doing cleanup. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Queensland. That's Queensland weather. Apparently it was a very strong storm, but it's also not unusual to get flooding like this. So. We are learning. We are adjusting. I'm thankful for the hill. Love it. Yeah, I
0: can imagine. I can imagine. All right. So tell me, do you have a morning ritual? And that could be a magical one. It could be like a mundane thing. But is there something that you try to do every morning to get your
1: day going? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, there is not. No. There's nothing magical. (laughs) There's nothing that I do every day. I literally, I often get woken up at about 5am, maybe 5.30. Not by choice. I am not a morning person. I am absolutely a late evening person. I could, you know, I go to bed at about midnight. I force myself to go to bed at midnight. I could stay up much later. That's when my energy hits its peak, which is why I choose to work a lot of the time from eight till twelve. Uh, but then I also have a one-year-old, so I get woken up frequently. And then at 5 a.m. I'm a very grumpy Hannah and oh, I'll just get up sometimes if my husband is willing because we sleep in separate rooms so that, you know, only one of us is getting interrupted. So then I'll just switch out with him sometimes at 5 a.m. And go and have an hour or so of uninterrupted sleep, which is nice. Uh, but then I often wake up feeling more tired. It's not, it's not fun. I'm not a morning person. So no, there is nothing that I try. Sometimes it's do better just to get um, up, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've tried doing morning rituals, but no, the morning is not my time. The morning is time for, and I don't even have coffee. Like coffee's not even a ritual, maybe a cup of tea, but sometimes that doesn't happen until 8am or 9am. 9 p- 9 so no, there's pretty much wake up and survive until I wake up <laughs> properly. <laughs> You're the opposite of, no of me. I um, probably of no interest
0: to I cannot deal with the night. It gets to like 9.30 and I'm like, Ugh, I'm so tired. But in the morning, I wake up about five o'clock and I'm like, whee, let's go. So we're like
1: yin and yang. You need to come and watch my kids in the morning for me. <laughs> no. I'll do the no. night shift. I have mine. <laughs> But yeah, I think even before kids, mornings were never my forte. And I think as well, a lot of people think witches need to or should have these beautiful magic mornings, but I'm still a witch. I'm just not a morning witch. I'm a witch of the night, maybe. <laughs> witch
0: of the night. You're an owl <laughs> witch. <laughs> So I already know a little bit about this, but I think that this story is very interesting. So, can you please tell us what was your journey like finding witchcraft? Like, how did it all
1: unfold? It's a very interesting story, and mm-hmm. there are many, many steps along the way, and lots of signs that when you look back in retrospect, you can figure things there out. Always and- always there always are, always are, always uh, are. Hindsight is twenty-twenty, as they say. Mm-hmm. But my journey started out spiritual, or well, religious, spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very strict evangelical Pentecostal upbringing that I had. I was raised, born, born and raised in the church. I was dedicated to the church, which is where your parents stand up on stage in front of the congregation and they say, this baby is going to be part of our church tribe and we are mm-hmm. going to raise it in the ways of the Lord. Yeah. I had my very first baptism when I was five and, and then another baptism when I was about eight or nine, and that was because obviously I felt the first one wasn't enough and there was a lot of guilt and shame there that the church puts on you, of course.
0: For an eight-year-old. Is- I,
1: know, I know, but it was very, I think the ideas and everything were really, really intense for me. As, as I said, I was a spiritual kid. My yeah. brother didn't go through that sort of a thing and he had the same uh, upbringing, but I was I was all in, right? I was yeah. all also might be an older sister thing where you kind of do everything your parents tell you yeah so yeah I was baptized again I'd given my heart to the Lord and this church the evangelical Pentecostal churches if you're not aware they are what I now term the most psychically active churches but they Mm. do not call them that they Mm. have something called the spiritual gifts right you might know these as people who are speaking in tongues that is called glossolalia. Then there is people who can interpret the speaking of tongues. Now, in what this do you mean tr- speaking in tongues? What does that look like? Yeah, I forget the name. <laughs> like parcel tongue. <laughs> so it's like when people get swept up in prayer and they start yeah. speaking another language. It is not a language that exists in our in our earth plane or whatever. Mm. And the idea is that it is the Holy Spirit speaking through you and it is a language that is just between you and God and it is very very sought after if you can't speak in tongues it's almost like well you've done something wrong couldn't you you almost be talking in
0: gibberish and say yeah that was me talking to God I think a lot of people do do that
1: but then I have seen what I believe to be and I have done it as well I believe it was true it felt right it didn't feel like it was made up. and because when you're doing these sorts of fervent prayer and you're at the you've gone up with the altar call and there is thousands of people in this it's a mega church right Mm -hmm. thousands of people all doing the same things the music is done to a certain uh you know frequency that it does put you into a certain state of mind as well like there's a lot of psychological things that that are happening here things that we then also try and recreate in the spiritual realm to get into trance state and commune with deity right Mm -hmm. there are so many things that that cross over Yep. And so I've seen people do this. I have seen people that were healed with the laying on of hands or by speaking tongues over people. Uh, my mum has this story where she spoke in tongues over me when I burnt myself with like the kettle, boiling hot yeah. kettle over my entire body at the age of three Wow, and came out scot-free, like literally not a mark on me. And she believes that was the power of her prayer. And mm-hmm. I don't doubt that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt that. But now I sort of see that as more like a version of light language. Yeah, particularly something like that, laying on of hands. In all cultures, in all religions, there are people who heal with hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. It's a spiritual gift. Not everyone has it. Uh, And the gift of dreams falls under the gift of prophecy. And that's what I had. And as a kid, that came up with visions during those fervent prayer altar calls uh, and dreams as well that I could interpret and that would then come true. And so I was told I have the gift of prophecy. And two of the dreams, uh, the, the visions that I saw during those prayer times, one of them was of me and what I thought was in a third world country, I must be a missionary, right? Yeah, That's what yeah. I, what I saw. And the other one was of me on a stage speak or preaching or speaking to a lot of people. And I remember turning to my mom and saying, are women allowed to preach? Because mm-hmm. we have no female role models. It was only men in the upper echelon of the church. And so those were my two visions and I thought they're absolutely going to happen. I'm going to be a preacher and a missionary. I'm a woman of God. (laughs) This is my path, right? And the dreams as well. So, you know, I would get those and be able to interpret them. And these gifts are in the Bible. If anyone's read the Bible, there is Joseph. You might know him as Joseph in the Technicolor Code of Dreams. It's yeah. into like a musical yep. a movie <laughs> of it. It's pretty good. It's a great story. Mm. And he would interpret the dreams of, you know, he was thrown in a prison cell and he was interpreting the dreams there and he was interpreting the dreams of the pharaoh and, you know, it changed the course of his life. Yeah. So we know this in the witchy community as a mm-hmm. which is dream divination, right? And visions are simply clairvoyance. Okay. Psychic clairvoyance. Mm. But do not call it that. The church will, you know, burn you at the stake.
0: <laughs> Isn't that so funny that they have such a judgment when literally you go, you're basically doing the exact same thing. Like
1: one's oh. called witchcraft and it's <laughs> like, you know, very if, similar. If you call it a psychic gift, oh my goodness, that is from the devil. That is the devil speaking in your ear. And I was raised to believe that all that witches were real yeah there are real riches real witches out there they are evil and the stuff that was do... the misconception of a witch though yes but they said mm. the the stuff that they do only works because the devil is speaking in their ear like that's the vibe they put on mm. there they're so fearful and everything is filled with fear and yeah. if we look to the bible there are two things that these days now with the whole reason i'm like i could never go back into that religion
0: no. absolutely
1: not and two of those things are mistranslation and understanding the bible and how it was actually read the context around it my mom went to bible college she used to be in the women's ministry right she was pretty high up in the church there yeah very involved and she said going to bible college majority of the people who went through bible college were no longer christian afterwards because they really? actually teach it as in this is the context and the culture at the time that it was written you know the books about jesus in the new testament were hundreds of years after he was alive yeah can you imagine if i wrote a biography about someone who was hundreds of years old you know <laughs> now and mm-hmm. i didn't have any sources written down because people weren't you know writing in there keeping... was no google then you couldn't yeah. google someone you're just like oh yeah this story where this guy did this thing and it's a lot of its hearsay, chinese whispers yeah, and mm. she said a lot of people lost their faith by learning that sort of thing. And two wow. key things, one is the word witchcraft and the other is the word homosexual, both of which are in the Bible um, these days, the King James Version especially. Yeah, And I mean, and the Bible translations as well, highly political. But the word yeah. witchcraft in the original Greek text was actually called pharmakeia. And pharmakeia doesn't translate to witchcraft. Mm. It translates to drugs that alter your mind. Right. That's where we get the word pharmacy. So yeah, right. it's not witchcraft. Those people back then were potentially using herbs to poison people or to poison mm. the royalty. Right. They were using uh, herbs to heal and maybe to hurt. So that's what they didn't like. Yeah, and then right. it came out as witchcraft when it's not what witchcraft is. No. And then the other word, which was homosexual, was actually mistranslated. Homosexual didn't appear in the Bible until the 50s. Before that, it wasn't there. <laughs> oh and it was, only referring, it was only referring to pedophilia, which they were saying that was wrong, not homosexuality. So, How did they get that? Like, they're two completely different things. They didn't get it wrong. They did it on purpose. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. Oh.
0: Don't even get me started. <laughs> I've gone on a rant.
1: I've gone on yeah. a tangent. <laughs> yeah, anyway, right. I know, I know this stuff now. When I was yes. a kid, so I'm having these experiences. So for me, that means it's real, right? That means Christianity yeah, is real. of course. And we would go to prayer group on a Wednesday, youth group on a Friday, church Sunday morning and church Sunday night. Like it was a lot. I had, I went to a Christian school. The only friends that we had were Christian. Our entire family was Christian. It was your whole world. It was my whole world. And the only people in my family was my mum's, my mum's side who we didn't talk to. And because they they weren't, weren't the same. They weren't in the church, but they were also like, I hate to say it now, but they were less off. They were poor and or poorer less off than us that sounds really bad but I think that had a bit to do with it. it's like Mm -hmm. a status thing yeah it's very about status and yes how you appear because if you don't have it all together and if you don't have everything that's God's punishment on you and that's the reason you had it yeah right so when I was then 15 Mm
0: -hmm. my
1: parents divorced and my mom left my dad and I decided to go and live with my mum. I'm a teenage mm-hmm. girl, right? And my mum was told by the head pastor of the church, You don't think you can come back here, do you? Uh, which was very catty because they can be very catty. And this was our, yeah. like, my lifelong friend's parents, right? This was, these were family friends. These were meant yeah. to be close to us. And suddenly it's just like, See you later. And, and she's been was- so involved as well. Yeah, she used to run like so many events. She did this thing called the Christmas Day Lunch for all the homeless people in the community, anyone that didn't have family that they could spend Christmas Day with. And mom was doing that every year. Like she organized that, she created that, she did all these amazing things in the women's ministry and then just like yeet, you're out. That's terrible. And so, yes, my worldview started to crumble, right? Yeah. Uh, My dad, of course, was allowed to continue going to church because he's a man and apparently did nothing wrong.
0: Yeah, because the punishment isn't the same there. Like he's fine. He hasn't done anything
1: wrong. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so we we left. And yeah. then all of the people that went to school were told, you know, don't speak to Hannah. Don't play with Hannah. Hannah will not play. I guess we're teenagers. Don't hang out with Hannah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, she's living in sin, right? Or her mum has backslidden, which was like the most horrible thing you could be called, a backslider.
0: And you were 15 at this point? I was 15. And it, because at 15 as well, you're going through such a sensitive age where your like friends are your whole world and everything they say and think matters. So to have to go through that where they are literally
1: judging you oh, is yeah. like the worst thing a girl at that age could go through. It didn't help. I already at that point had anxiety and depression and, yeah. an, and an eating disorder, which my mom had taken me to what felt like an exorcism at a prayer group like wow very intense there was some very intense stuff going on already so not a great time in my life no <laughs> we had to move schools because of all of that and everything that went down yeah in school and I think moving schools I moved to a Catholic school and that was so different people were normal yeah. people mm-hmm. were like no one was actually religious. They're like, oh, I just go here because the school gets better funding and it's got better place, like stuff. Yeah. No one actually went to church. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean you don't go to church? Like the school, the school I went to didn't have school buses, right? But if there was a bus every Friday night to take you to youth group, <laughs> like Man, it's just it's the a priority. Different world. Yeah. It's totally different. So anyway, so I've suddenly entered the real world of people, rebelled yeah. a lot, and done a lot of stuff I probably shouldn't have. But hey, I lived. Um, <laughs> this whole time, I'm like, I'm not spiritual. I don't believe in anything like the church. Yeah, of course, you'd wrong. be tarnished. But there's always that like, but I had things that happened. I felt things that happened. Yeah. And so then it sort of went into like, well, maybe I'm agnostic. Maybe. I believe that all religions are right. Maybe that's where it's sort of heading. Mm -hmm. And it was this real just, I guess, discovery time of my beliefs and my spirituality and where I fit in the world. Yeah. And what really helped was I went and travelled. So I went to Europe and then I went to Southeast Asia and I worked in Southeast Asia. I worked in Mm -hmm. Cambodia, travelled through like Thailand and Singapore. And when I was in Cambodia, I think that's when I first realised, because I was working with the local people there uh, in the main main capital city of Phnom Penh. Mm And I was like, Hey, like I was working with, I was teaching English there with kids at a, at an orphanage out there. And I was like, Oh, this, um, this kind of looks like that vision that I had. Wow. Worked with people. And I thought I was a missionary. Maybe I, maybe I miss, maybe I misinterpreted that I wasn't, yeah. but obviously that was all I had to go on back then. I was like, Oh my gosh, it was true, but it was different. Cause then of course, all those things, I thought I was going to be a pastor and I thought I was going to be a missionary. And that's gone like, now. But mm. yeah. But then it happened wow. anyway, just in a different way. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. File that away for later. Went over to Canada, met my husband there, lived mm-hmm. there for two years, working in a beautiful place. And that's when I think I also started exploring a little bit of movies I could watch, books I was allowed to rouse around. Your read. world had just opened wow. up completely now. Yeah. Mm. And so when I was in Canada, I remember finding out that one of the hotels was presumably haunted. And I remember going, oh. I need to find out why Mm. and how and everything about it. And so I found this like amazing blog post written by one of the local taxi drivers, like (laughs) taxi driver Mike or something. And he'd written about all the folklore around this this old hotel and Mm. it's called the Fairmont Banff Springs, if anyone wants to look it up. And so, of course, I've like dragged Ben, my now husband, dragged Mm -hmm. him down there and been like, we're going to find this room that's apparently been boarded up because there was too many hauntings happening in there. And we found this room and like yeah. it's just so exciting to me. And my mum's always said I've been drawn to like the darker and the spookier and things like that always. Mm-hmm. She had to always be like, no, we're not doing that. Stop. Put <laughs> that DVD down, we're not getting that one. <laughs> yeah, She always says I was a bit of a weird kid in that regard. But yeah, something I was allowed to explore and do all these things. And then when I went down south to... New Orleans which I'd mm. always been obsessed with New Orleans yes well more Louisiana Louisiana always obsessed yeah last thing now I know but at the time I was just like I don't know I'm just this weird Aussie girl like yeah Louisiana. went there and decided to get my first tarot reading I thought if I'm gonna get one I'm gonna do it in New Orleans because that would have been a big moment yeah and mm-hmm. the only reason I was able to do that was because I was traveling alone at that point there was no one there to see me do it like that was the big fear. Someone's gonna, someone's gonna tell the church. Someone's gonna yeah. tell the people from the church that I know. Like, I'm gonna get in trouble somehow, right? Yeah. There was still the fear of I'm gonna open up a portal of some form. <laughs> or yeah. Open myself up to these horrible things. Um, but it was it was really interesting. It was very on point, and it didn't feel wrong. Okay, so it was my first introduction to mm-hmm. tarot. Then from there, I had some very very spooky supernatural experiences, which resulted in a friend of mine calling in a witch to come and help out and so that was my first encounter with a witch which was interesting um he was a he was like a guy witch which i didn't even think existed and i was like okay yep. and he came and cleansed and watered the area i was in and it worked i was like okay interesting mm-hmm. still didn't like what was happening and the spookiness of the whole thing made me revert straight back into praying every night before bed yeah but it was it was interesting it was starting to crack me open right so yeah force some things to happen you were intrigued yeah <laughs> um and it started to sort of I guess go from there uh then when I got home a little while later so end of that year I got home and started I was working in a corporate environment and I started sort of experimenting like oh you know I've got a bit of a sore throat right I'm gonna go and maybe I'll go and have like a I don't know I feel like I need a licorice tea I've never had a licorice mm-hmm. tea before I'm gonna go try a licorice tea and then oh that that really helped. I think that was really good. And then I Googled it and found out licorice tea is really good for throats. So I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know that. That's so clever of me. Intuition. <laughs> and then I started trying other teas and other ways of, I guess, working with my body and with what nature gave us. And next thing you know, I've got a, basically a whole locker filled with tea at, at my office and everyone yep. says, you know, oh, you're not feeling well? Go see Hannah. Hannah will fix you up. I thought, oh, this is pretty fun. And then someone said, oh, you're pretty witchy. And I went, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I like being a bit witchy, but if someone had said you're a witch, I'd be like, "Ooh, no!"
0: <laughs> the why <laughs> makes you safe, <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: So experimenting with teas and then and like herbal healing, I guess mm-hmm. on a lower level, and then growing my own herbs so that I can create my own teas. Yeah, and you know, talking to my plants and seeing how that works. And all my plants are lovely; they're thriving. And then I decided to dip my toe into divination with tea leaf reading yeah because that also felt safe right yeah so I remember reading some tea leaves I just said I'll just write it down see what happens and the very first time I did it my cat river she came and sat like directly in front of me and stared me down the entire time yeah I I remember thinking I think she's lending me her energy
0: I don't know how I thought
1: that because that was not in my terminology yeah but I was like oh that's interesting and then I ended up accidentally unknowingly predicting the conception of my daughter so that was fun I Love it and I started to realize oh this stuff might be real. maybe I can do this stuff yeah maybe there's more here so it kind of just started to gently open things up and then not long after that I started hearing a voice in my head which I now know is clear audience and mm-hmm. I said to my husband I'm hearing something in my head like a there's like a thought that keeps popping in telling me to buy a tarot deck yeah Like, oh yeah go buy one I mean he was not raised in the church like I was (laughs) and I said no I can't do that a demon will pop out or a portal to hell's gonna open up and he's like all right so don't buy one (laughs) but but there's this voice in my head I'm very (laughs) conflicted okay (laughs) it took me a whole year a whole year to succumb to that and I actually ended up going to a shop up near your way up in Sassafras and Mm -hmm hanging around for ages wondering like is someone going to talk to me and help me <laughs> out or scare me away this, and this then,
0: girl has got some issues going on man
1: <laughs> standing there staring at least <laughs> yeah. finally picked one up it was the shadowscapes deck mm-hmm. I never looked back I literally got home and started using it immediately used it multiple times a day couldn't put it down was using wow. it all the time and it got to the point where it, it really helped me it helped my mental health it helped mm. my spiritual beliefs start to sort of foster themselves and yep. then I think began like using cleansing like cleansing with smoke and experimenting with crystals and sort of it just the it domino bit, started yeah the, the yeah. herbs were a gateway drug
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it yeah but um what, what was the transition like then? Because obviously you're going from a religion where it's like the God, it is God and God is everything, to going to one where there's not just one God, there's like hundreds of gods, hundreds of goddesses as well. Like what was the transition like for you to go from having that belief in a God to many? And did you still believe in that God, but then add more? Or were you drawn to certain deities? Or what was that like for you? Deity
1: work has been the last thing. that I Yeah, heard. I can imagine. I think anyone that grew up, especially in a monotheistic or Abrahamic religion, is going to find that the hardest part. Yeah. And I just ignored it for ages. I was like, no, nope, not for me. I don't work with deities. Not my thing. Not my was thing. Was it guilt? Was it because of guilt? Uh, there might have still been fear. Probably guilt-shaking yeah. fear all wrapped up in a pretty little... Black bow. Yeah, but I I think a key for me was reading the Kybalion, which is Hermetic philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the earlier texts that I read when I started to explore, and that was really fantastic for me. It talks about the mind is all. It's basically the idea that there is that we are all connected to one. Almost like it's hard to explain it. Like one divine being, yeah. but then there's like separate it's separated itself into different forms, which is all of us. So you are me, I am you, we are all together. Mm-hmm. And we all, the, the idea is to get back to source at, at the end. Right. Yeah. This is a really, really brief. <laughs> um, don't come at me if oh I got that totally wrong. It's but start, like point, that's, start points. <laughs> that's what my brain like puts it as. Right. So mm. it's almost like there still is one. It's mm-hmm. just, it's broken down into billions of different things and I think that deities form part of the bits that it's broken out they are right they're like like energies yeah different aspects of Mm -hmm. that one being that one source energy Mm -hmm. and just like we are different aspects of like of that one source energy it's just different layers is it's kind of where my beliefs are currently um so yeah, rather than being a god and then us as separate that it's created, it's almost like it's a version of itself experiencing itself in lots of different ways. Yeah, right. Um, so it kind of goes back into almost like philosophy and like universal truth, and we are all all the religions that kind of have a universal thing. They're all correct, yep. kind of like that, but also not yep. like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, same, same but different.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Did um. D- What was I gonna say? I totally. I was thinking about something else, and then I lost my my frame of reference. Was it a relief for you to go to like transition into that witchcraft, and then go? I now have the freedom to actually choose what I believe. Like I, I can kind of like form my own path. Did you feel like there was a weight that lifted from you, where now you could go? If I wanted to believe in this, I could, and if I. If I don't, then that's fine as well. Like, did it feel weird to have that
1: freedom? Uh, no, I think I really enjoyed being my own authority. Yeah. I do not have to go and ask the pastor for yeah. their advice or for them to help or for them to tell me what something <clears throat> means. I can figure mm-hmm. that out. For myself. Because that was part of the problem growing up as well. I'm a very inquisitive person. Yeah. And so they would tell us a Bible story and I'd be like, But why did they do that? (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't make sense. How did they do that? And they would be, and literally the response was usually, pray on it. And I hated that. I hated that response. It's like, can't you tell me? Are you supposed to know? Aren't you a teacher? Yeah, the one that's like telling us this information and I'm just Mm. supposed to blindly believe it. And I used to get a lot of like, don't ask that question, you know, those sorts of things. Interesting. Interesting. I hated that and I loved that now I could be like what's this and Google helps right because yeah. now if I read any form of magical text or whatever book I'm reading I go that doesn't sound right I do it I'd even do it with non uh, with fictional books um Outlander right yeah so time I read that I got so damn annoyed <laughs> she, puts, she puts on a white wedding dress and I was like hang on a minute white wedding dresses didn't come out until <laughs> 17 or 18 hundreds and that's because one of the queens wore one and they brought it into fashion and i'm like googling i'm like they didn't fact check this <laughs> like you know what claire fraser can wear whatever she wants <laughs> all right <laughs> but like that's how i read books i'm very highly critical of everything they put in there yeah, right um that's how i read the bible and you're not allowed to be critical of no. one, so now i now i'm allowed now you I can, can be as critical as you want now and, like I still use the Bible in my witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are scared to do that. It's like, no, I've shut that door. I can't open it again. But I think it's really good to still be open to it. And to, I still see like Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, almost like thought forms or egregores. Right? Yeah. There's so much energy that's been poured into them. Same with saints. Like we mm-hmm. didn't use saints in my religion, but I use them now. Yeah, And I think they're just as beneficial as turning to a deity. Like I think they all form that sort of an aspect that we can add.
0: I mean, Jesus was a healer, really. That's that's what he was. And whatever, I know a lot of witches that um, they still turn to Jesus, not in a Christian sort of way, but more as Jesus, the healer. So I guess it's like just having more tools on your tool belt that you can,
1: you know, bring on whenever you need it. He was a mystic and there were many others like him and they were also doing miracles. He just had a good marketing campaign. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good way of looking at it. (laughs) And like, I do astrology now, right? And I mean, he had three wise men, what was a wise man, if not a magi or a magician? Yeah, like, totally. Wise man following a star in the sky. Hmm. I wonder who looks at the stars in the sky. Would it be astrologers? Yeah, possibly. Oh. Possibly. <laughs> I've heard of that. But then, That's like so I funny. have, I have this, and it was a video that actually did really well on TikTok ages ago. I have this book left over from Mum's time at Bible College, and it is the doctrine of Christian philosophy or something, or Christian doctrine, basically. And it has, it literally has a two or three page list of all of the sinful, evil things that you can do. Yeah. So it's brilliant. It is literally my list of hobbies now. (laughs) (laughs) And the things that are on there, like yoga is on there. Oh, really? How many Christian women do we see going and doing yoga? A lot. They love yoga. Mm -hmm. Not all, though. Like my grandfather. He still goes to church and he once saw me put on like cosmic kids yoga for Aurelia. Yeah. Lost his shit, lost his shit. And like, foot down, we are not having that in this household. And I was like, oh dear. Wow. So we're just like, I'm not doing I'm not having this fight. We are just not No, not worth it. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. But so there's still some that believe that. And it's almost like now I can see a lot of the things that could open you up to other ideas that are outside the church or finding your own answers that are outside the church. That's what's frowned upon. Yeah, exactly. Anything that could alter your mindset or your mind state. Uh,
0: it's so frustrating to hear. Um, yeah. Now, speaking of astrology, how did you find that? Cause that's part of your little tool belt as well. Now, um, and I think that astrology, I mean, I don't know a lot about it. I know like very, very basic. And that's one of the things I love about you is that you're like full of knowledge. So how did you find it? You just, you stumped me there for a second. I was like, how
1: the hell did I find it? <laughs> what did I, What did who said That's it? a good question. <laughs> yeah, it was actually uh, one of the girls I went to school with. So oh, why did I see her? It might've even been at a school reunion or a school catch-up or something like that. This is a um, Christian school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, I remember she just said, what are you up to? I'm like, Working, corporate, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I've traveled. Cool. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing something very different. I was like, oh, yeah, what? And she's like, I'm like really into astrology. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. Tell me more. And she said, well, what's your birth date? And I told her and she said, well, what's your birth time? And I was like, pretty sure it was around 1 o'clock. And she said, and we didn't have much time. I think we are just like having a drink outside type of thing. And she looked it up, and I remember she she wrote read out my chiron placement, which mm-hmm. is chiron in cancer. And she basically just gave a little like two minute interpretation, and it blew my freaking mind. I was yeah. like, How do you know that about me? I was like, <laughs> what What is this witchcraft? She's like, <laughs> you stalker. Yeah, I was like, I thought I was a Virgo. And she's like, You are. There's so much more to it than that. And I was like, yeah. Okay. I remember going home and like being in the car and just going like, no, I need, I need, I need to find out what she did. Yeah. So I don't even know where I turned Google, right? Probably. Yeah. I found a really good podcast that I ended up learning a lot about. I ended up taking a course through, um, by Natalie Wallstein. Mm-hmm. She's an astrologer. She does soul shine astrology. I took her course in astrology. Uh, I read books. I read blogs. I practiced on myself. i practiced on other people and read other people's interpretations and just started mm-hmm. to figure out w- how it all felt. And it just, it just turned into an obsession, an yeah. absolute obsession, because it was, it helped me to pull back more layers of myself and realize where I wasn't authentic. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've always, I've always loved doing X, Y, and Z. And I always felt guilty about it. Cause I thought it was bad. And now I'm like, yeah. no, that's actually what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. who I am. And it it helps so much, and it actually also helped when I went on maternity leave with my daughter, and I I ended up having really severe postnatal depression and anxiety. Yeah, and there was a lot of other stuff going on at the time, but at that moment I sort of, like I knew that I had my moon, which is your emotional stability. I knew it was in my 10th house of career, which means I need career yeah. for stability. But I was like, I've always wanted to go on maternity leave. I've always wanted to be like barefoot and pregnant and then home with a baby and like Christian ideals of a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was what I was going to be amazing at. And then pregnancy sucked. It was painful. Mm-hmm. Birth was like, what What? Just <laughs> yeah. <happened? laughs> Giving me a child, what do you mean? I don't get to like recover? What? Yeah. And then, yeah, that first year of having a baby was horrible. It's hard. hard. It was, oh, it was hard. It was, Mm. and I was like, why didn't no one tell me? Why didn't anyone tell me it was like this? And yeah, so there was that going on. Mm -hmm. So that was obviously expectations not meeting reality. Uh, But then also the fact that I didn't, I wasn't tethered. I didn't have a career. And suddenly I was on maternity leave. I wasn't working towards anything. Mm -hmm. My days consisted of talking to no one because my child couldn't talk and being covered in poop or food or vomit or spit up or breast milk or whatever it was. And it was not glamorous and it was not fun. And I didn't really have much to do. I'd gone from like a busy corporate lifestyle where I'd like leave at 6.30 in the morning and be home at 7.00 PM at night. And suddenly- entire day stretches along with the wiggles. Yeah, Yeah, I totally understand that. Yes, I'm sure many mums listening will Mm. understand that. And I had my spiritual practice. So that helped. But yeah, I didn't really piece it together because I was so set on the fact that I wanted maternity leave to be amazing. And I think when, when I really like it kept popping up in tarot readings and things for myself and I was like, oh, I need to go back to work and I don't know what to do. And so I did, I went back part-time and it was better. It was much better. I was like, oh my gosh, I should have listened to my chart ages ago. Yeah. And then I started using it for other people as well. So I used it for my husband, I used it for my mom to help her with her career, um, used it for some friends and started looking at friends, like how they fit together and a few other things. And then. I don't even know what the, the moment was. I think it was it was when we were moving to Perth. We we're about to move to Perth for my husband's in the military. So we're about to move. And obviously I couldn't keep up with my job because they're not over in Perth. And you I needed a job. Yeah. And I don't know if it was my idea or Ben's idea, but he was like, What about all your tarot stuff? Could mm-hmm. you do that? I'm like, huh, I could. That's exciting. <laughs> would, anyone, would anyone buy that? I don't know, but I could do that. Maybe I could try that. So I thought, all right, I'm gonna do this. And it was like. I don't know. Everything started just happen so easily. Yep. Um, and I tried like I, I'm an artist as well, so I do like watercolor paintings. And I had tried making them, printing them, selling them, all of that. And it just was so difficult. Everything was like hard to figure out. It was hard to get it out there. But as soon as I started doing the spiritual stuff, it's like my whole life fell into place. Mm, just I'm flowed. Like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, why did I not do this? Previously, and I mean, it all made sense. It it, all—it's obviously the path I was supposed to be on. Yeah, it happens when it's meant to happen. Exactly, Mm. and yeah, it all went from there. And then here I am now. And I think going to Perth helped because I didn't know anyone. There wasn't anyone from the church. Forced you to
0: do your own thing as well. I could be not not the safety of like your old
1: job. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, I could be me. I didn't have anyone that was going to judge me because no one knew me. So they were just meeting me as I was in that moment. And that freedom, that freedom, similar to like when I was traveling, I could be free to be me. There's no, I like the saying, um, there's no yesterdays on the road. No one yeah. knows me. Yeah, that's so true. Clean slate completely. So that helped me to step into my authentic self.
0: I think it's so funny that you said that about um, like when you, you have this idea of what it's going to be like to be a mum, because I totally had the same thing. Like I, I was always like, I'm going to be a mum and it's going to be my whole world and I just want to be a stay at home mum and that's it. And then when I had Poppy and I was on maternity leave, I I was the same. I was just like I feel so I mean, I feel full in terms of like being a mum, but the the me part, I feel so empty and i feel like i have no purpose i have no drive i don't know what i'm doing and it was such a shock because i was like i'm not supposed to be feeling like this like i'm supposed to be gushing and happy and so excited for to clean another nappy and yay let's go for another walk and it's just so funny that like who you think you are is, like, completely different to who you actually are and the way you find that out and how, like, babies really force you to go, that's not me. That me that I thought is completely different. And,
1: um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I think witchcraft finds a lot of people after they have children. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. They they have a habit of birthing a new us as we birth them.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you notice a big lack because, I like, growing up, I was always the, I know I believe in something, but I don't know what it is. Like that was my all, cause I went to an Anglican school and, you know, whilst it wasn't like super, super, super gaudy, we still had to do church services and all that stuff. And I was always like, um, yeah, this is not, this is not for me, but I don't know what it is. And that was it. That was, that was my line. And so, yeah, after I had Poppy, and that like yearning of like something big is missing. And then when you finally find it, it's like, it is, it's like your whole world just brightens. Like someone, you know, on the computer, when you press the brightness button, that's what it feels like.
1: And everything just flows. It's a totally. state of flow. And like you still have hard days or like tough moments and all of that is life. That's what life is about. Yeah, that's part of it. But it just, there's a big shift. There's
0: such Yeah, a big- it's a natural it's amazing yeah um and how did how did tiktok start
1: oh yeah that was actually i was listening to an episode on the gary v podcast yes and this was like pre 2020 this is 2019 Mm -hmm. i was like all right so i've got like my youtube channel is not doing too great I'm, Mm -hmm. i'm pumping them out i was and look at this point i was filming all my youtubes on my phone yeah, And yeah. to get better sound, I was like putting blankets around the floor and stuff uh, to soften it. And then <laughs> I didn't know how to edit. So I would just put it up. Mm. <laughs> I was like, Whatever. If people like it, they'll come. Yeah. And I was writing blog posts and I was trying to drive traffic and it just wasn't, wasn't really working. So whilst I was working and I was, I was selling astrology reports, I was doing tarot readings. It wasn't really enough. It wasn't enough to cover my child's daycare. Right. Yeah. For the two that I did. I'd die. I couldn't cover that so it was kind of like is it worth it I was like I'm loving it I would do this even if I didn't get paid yeah but I would also like to get paid for sure <laughs> so what do I do so I was listening to Gary Vee's podcast because I was like hey, he's a business person we'll just Gary see he's great yeah and he's he kept so saying, bullshit he kept saying like you got to get onto this TikTok thing and I was like what is TikTok I don't know what that is I was like all right I'll just download it which was maybe a bad idea because I was like oh my gosh this is amazing like, <laughs> yeah <that." laughs> And my husband's like, where have you gone? I'm like hiding in the toilet, just like watching TikTok. Nowhere. I was like, I'm doing research. I (laughs) mean, I'm working. (laughs) And we, I don't know what we did. I think I did my first, oh yeah, I did my first one. It was pretty cringe. Like I don't like Mm. looking back at it. Didn't really know what I was doing. And it wasn't, I just sort of did some silly like trends that people were doing at first. And then I did one and it was, how to smoke cleanse with rosemary i think yeah. i was like you know, showing just how to do it with of course i think i had um some witchy music in the background it was probably oh, who's that one that everyone no i'm not gonna sing it I oh it's gonna kill me you know the one it's really she's witchy she's older she's in the coven series oh stevie nicks stevie nicks yeah yeah stevie nicks, there we go don't ask me what song I was trying to sing. It's in my head, doesn't come out the same. I'm sure it was amazing. So, <laughs> it was incredible in my head. Okay. <laughs> so Stevie Nicks was, yeah, definitely the song. So I was like, make it super witchy, right? And yeah. it got quite a few views and comments. And I was like, ooh. And like there wasn't many people. Like Witch Talk was just starting. Mm. I got it. I got in there at the best time. So yep. Thank you, Gary B. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. And yeah, I just, I really, I really enjoyed making them. I've always loved being on camera. I've always been good at that. Mm-hmm. And like, even I remember year eight home economics were to make like a cooking show. And my teacher was like, you should be on TV. I was like, I'd love that. Thank you. And then now I have a really great YouTube channel. Right. So yeah, I the same. It's just gone with the times, but that's how I started. And I had a few go viral which really helped. And then mm-hmm. I'd watch the video go viral and then I'd watch my website analytics jump through the roof. And I was like, cool. Oh, this is grand. So that has really, really helped. And then they'd sort of jump up for a bit whilst it was viral and then drop down, but they'd always drop down much higher than they were before. Yeah. Cool. So I could see the business side of it. And then it just obviously got me a bigger reach mm-hmm. because the reach on TikTok isn't about Like it's not really about hashtags or anything. It's literally just about the content that you make. Yeah. Every single video that you make has the exact same amount of probability or possibility of reaching a very wide audience as all the previous ones, right? Mm -hmm. They're not different. It's not based on previous performance in any way. Yeah. So yeah, and then that helped grow my Instagram, which also went and helped my YouTube and then just all flows on from there.
0: Is that still your biggest platform now?
1: Yes. Yeah. TikTok Mm -hmm. is still the biggest platform. So I think it's around 122,000, which is really cool. Um, But I do find the engagement on Instagram much more authentic because they are people that are constantly and consistently engaging and DMing and commenting and all of that. Whereas TikTok, you just get a lot of randoms that'll just randomly comment or that sort of thing. It's just a bit less connected is how it feels, but it is a great platform for creating like I still will not use the Instagram Reels feature because it sucks. And <laughs> still use TikToks.
0: It's such a science, isn't it? Like having so many platforms and knowing like who goes on what for what kind of content and like even now it's like what time should you post and when is it going to reach people? Like people think that social media is such a, yeah, I'm just going to quickly post something and leave it and you go, no. It's so much more than that, like it literally could just be your full time job, trying to like A, understand it, all different platforms, and then B, making the content, engaging with people, like it is a lot of work. It is,
1: it really is. I'm lucky that I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you ha- I think you have to, because people people can see it as well when you are passionate and when they, you are um, wanting to make something that looks good or sounds good or whatever, like people really respond to that. And I think when you half heart something, it just doesn't, I don't know. For me, I immediately swipe past people like that because I'm like, nah, whatever. But as soon as you capture someone that's like totally in it, they like really did everything they could to make it look good and all that. It's a
1: it just changes it,
0: changes the game, I yeah. think.
1: And I start, I think I started off as well with them. I tried to be professional. I think that was always, especially growing up and like having all my jobs, I was always sure. way too professional, <laughs> like over professional. I don't know who I, what I was trying to prove. And so even my, my husband, Ben was very confused. He's like, you're so silly in your TikToks. And I was like, yeah, because who cares? It's my own business. I don't have a boss that's going to tell me off. Mm. So I sort of started a little bit like I'll try and make it professional. And then I had a fun one and the fun one did really well. I was like, people like when I'm silly and I pull my silly yeah. faces. I totally. Do, I, you know, I'm not doing TikTok dances. I'm just like, I don't know, doing my Hannah dance.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know what? like Patty and I talk about this all the time where people have this idea, like especially going into it, that witchcraft is like a serious thing and, you know, there are rules and you have to do it this way and it can be really overwhelming to people, but it's so not like that. And I think if you can just show that it's like, it it is actually quite a normal thing. Like the, the, the practices that you do, it's very normal and it can be really fun and it can be really funny. So I think, people probably respond well to that because they, it's like a breath of fresh air. Like, okay, I don't have to sit here and like be super serious and do all these like things exactly right. I can like have fun with it.
1: Yeah. And there's there is a place for that for everyone. For but sure. I like to keep mine fun and informative, right? My witchcraft is fun and informative. Mm. That's who I am. And I think that also helps. I have a lot of people who have religious trauma that have, Found me because of my story. Yeah. And they feel safe with the stuff that I'm sharing and they can relate to it and it's relevant and it doesn't feel super scary. Whereas if they went to someone who was a bit more serious or more occulty or ceremonial magician style, it would be too be much. Scary. It would be, you know, or if they've got an image of Baphomet or something, mm. they're going to freak out and be like, wow, can't do yeah. that. <laughs> right? But the girl with the pink hair in the cute dress, maybe that's all right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's maybe more palatable. Some people might say it's like washed down, but it's not because that is actually how I am, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there is space for all of those aspects and that that's going to appeal to different people. So I'm not for
0: everyone. <laughs> no, no. And the people that will resonate, they'll find you and they'll get the most out of it. Exactly. Um, so one of the things that I know I get asked the most probably is advice for people who are starting out. So what would your advice be to all those like beginner witches of how they should, I guess, start their new journey?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two things. One thing I really want to say about that, which is it doesn't matter if you want to call yourself a baby witch, mm. because I am noticing, like I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, like witchy Facebook groups, local groups, you know, witches of Queensland, whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still in the Victoria one and like probably still in the Perth one. Like I'm in a lot of them and I like, keeping my finger on what people are asking what people are needing and I saw a post I've seen so many of these posts but even just mm. today this girl's like hi I'm brand new I'm a baby witch and I just had a question about blah and instead of answering her very normal question yeah. the amount of comments that were like oh my gosh I hate when people use the term baby witch hey, yeah you I've are seen not that a, a lot too like they got so heated and mm-hmm. I was like girls don't shame her that's how you like send her away she's like wow they were horrible yeah like who cares if you use the term baby witch it's not they're like oh there's power it's in not the point that wasn't exactly. the exactly mm. exactly like yes there's power in names i get it but when you're just starting out and especially again anyone that's coming in from religious trauma specifically yeah. for me i would say i'm a bit witchy rather yeah. than a witch. that took a long time i'm a baby witch <clears throat> so much safer sounding then I am a witch. So even I am new to the craft, sounded a little too intense sometimes. So you got to meet people where they are on their journey. So if that is you out there and you want to call yourself a baby witch, wear it with pride, say it with pride. It's totally fine. And anyone who tells you otherwise, just tell them to get lost. Because that probably would have taken a lot of courage as well. Like if you think about
0: it from their point of view, they're obviously new and they could have been sitting on that for days or weeks. And they finally was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. And then they get shut down straight away. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not that's not why we're here. We're meant to be the healers and the, the, the open ones. We're meant to be here to help, not to go,
1: you're not that. Like, let them be whatever the hell they want to be. Exactly. I agree. Uh, and the other thing, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have advice on this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the advice is read everything. Mm-hmm. But when you tell people to just go and read everything, then they do that, and then they get really scared about doing anything. There's so a lot. I have to read. I'm not ready yet. I've read enough, right? Mm-hmm. But I reckon just just try something small, okay? And don't be scared because mm-hmm. when you bring fear into it or doubt, that's when magic and stuff doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. Who cares? Yeah. It's not a big yeah. deal, right? What are you going to lose? A candle? That's fine. Mm-hmm. But. It's worse to just sit back and not do it because you're scared of it as well. And like I've gotten pushback from things like sharing about how to do a freezer spell, okay? Mm -hmm. Anyone is unaware, a freezer spell, you write the person's name on a piece of paper, fold it in half, chuck it in the freezer. Chills them out. It's a light binding. I don't class that as baneful magic, right? I personally, I don't. I think it is one of the easiest, simplest, safest spells that you can do. Mm -hmm. It was the first spell that I did a freezer spell for a really annoying client, (laughs) not in tarot business. No, no, no. This was in corporate, corporate world. Mm -hmm. I worked in the building industry and those clients were not fun. (laughs) Never had fun ones. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they just will not stop calling and yelling at me. I can't do anything about it. I'm going to put them in the freezer. And they stopped calling me and they started calling their site supervisor who they should have called in the beginning. (laughs) I was like, oh, that worked almost immediately. Mm. That's interesting. Right. And people get pushed back. Oh, don't tell new people how to do it. They're going to think they can just go and do anything. Yeah, go and do it, right? Go and try it. Because if you experience spell blowback on anything, that is going to teach you so much more than if you read something in a book. Yeah. Or if you try and do a spell. Absolutely perfect. You're not going to learn anything like that. You need to be intuitive about it. You need to just try things and see what happens. Write it down, right? Everything mm-hmm. that you do in a notebook. Be like on this day, I felt like this. So I did this and then flick back at you know, a week, two weeks, three months and go, did that come to pass? Did my spell help me that that time? Write some notes in another color. Like it doesn't have to be hard. doesn't have to be scary. And you can just try things. That's okay.
0: I totally agree. And I guess like in connection with that, how do you cope with the judgment and the misconceptions that do come along with that? And I know obviously like, being on social media as well, you're wide open to, there's so many trolls. There's so many people who have like judgment Mm. and this can be from people who are, you know, Christian or people who are witches who completely disagree with everything that you do. And that again, as we said, will often really deter people who are just beginning um, that path going, this is too much. I don't even want to like go near this so how do you cope when you receive that judgment or those misconceptions from people like what do you do to get through it
1: so if it's Christians coming on to my videos and talking about the wrath of God and mm-hmm. the devil and all of that I love that because <laughs> I usually say, thank you for boosting me in the algorithm a <laughs> b let me just uh help you out real quick <laughs> Usually, I want to say, yeah, (laughs) like you know, you need to turn to God and God will save you from this. I'm like, God pushed me to this, (laughs) like, no. Um, so with those ones, I have a bit of fun, right? Mm -hmm. Have a bit of fun, and then when it comes to other people in the community, because I have had a few where they've you know made videos about me, like, don't listen to this girl, you know, really, she said this, and that's wrong, and it's like, there are. I like, I just tell myself, there are so many different traditions. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who don't follow. Traditions. Yeah. There are so many um, opinions. There are so many books. There are outdated ideas. There are new ideas. There is different religions and spiritualities and philosophies that everyone can pull from. For example, if we look at color correspondences, right? A lot of people think they are black and white. This color means this, right? Mm. And I could potentially, let's say I hold up a red candle and say, I'm going to use this for a good luck spell. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I think people on the internet would lose their minds. They'd be like, "What the hell is this crazy girl doing?" You don't know mm-hmm. anything about witchcraft. But color correspondences are culturally specific as well. So, for example, my husband's family is Chinese. We have his ancestors on our ancestor altar. In Chinese culture, red is good luck. Mm-hmm. So, why not draw on that? As that is the family that I've married into, why not draw on that if we're doing a good luck spell for us or for him or for totally. Our So, I think that's the mindset I have when people judge or critique my craft. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it works for me. I know why I'm doing it. So I think it's just that pure confidence in my own self and my own craft. Yeah, that it doesn't. And you know what? My block button is very well used. If I get, you know, especially when I do lives on TikTok, I get a lot of like derogatory stuff every now and then. Wow, really? Like a guy will come on and. Say some things that I'm like that's not okay. Block mm. straight away. Block straight away, and yeah, I just water off a duck's back is what I like to envision because yeah, that's more about them than it is about me.
0: And I think the more that you go into it, and the more you meet with people who are judgy and whatever, the more you don't give a shit, and the more confident, and the more you practice, you do, and you see how it makes you feel, and you see how your life starts to change the less shits you give even still, you know? So I think it's, yeah, it is. It's just, you gotta keep going because if you let those people stop you, like then they've won. So really you go at it from a total like competitive way and be like, no, I will
1: win. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny because in my, my corporate job, right. Or even when I worked in the hotels or anything, if I ever had someone put in a complaint or say something bad about me, it crushed me. Yeah. It was so horrendous. And I think that's because that was not roles that I was supposed to be doing. I didn't have that like surety in myself because of that, if that makes sense. Whereas now I'm like, hell no.
0: (laughs) I know what I am.
1: Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Mm. So yeah, I think there's a, there's a shift there. There's a difference
0: there. Yeah, cool. Um, now you are also a mum. You have two cute little babies. Do you, uh, do you involve your kids in your practice or how much do you like blend them in? Do you, is it something that you're like, we're a family of witches or is it something where you go, this is what I do. You can watch and join in and let,
1: your, let them form their own view. Like, what do you guys do? So my husband doesn't consider himself a witch. Mm-hmm. So I have heard him say once my daughter said, You're not a witch. And he went, Oh, I'm kind of witchy. So oh, I love it. that. <laughs> he's using more witchy term, but he doesn't identify as a witch. Yeah, and yeah. he's super, super duper, duper duper supportive of my practice and everything we do. So we do uh, some of like the solstice, the solstice and the equinox and some of the sabbaths. We do those celebrations together as a family. Mm -hmm. more like a tradition like they become traditions that we do and I think tradition and ritual in regards to your family super important great for children to have that I think that is excellent Mm -hmm. I wish I had more of that as a kid rather Mm -hmm. than just Easter and Christmas it's like more of that right yeah and it's relatable you're like oh it actually means something it's about the seasons we can see the totally so although now that I'm in Queensland I'm interested to see not so much yeah, the changes, they're going to be much more subtle. So It's
0: always the midsummer solstice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it'll be interesting. Um, so we do that. And like my daughter is now, she's five. So we, she's seen me doing all of my stuff. She knows what I do. And over the years, you know, she was very interested in my crystals and my tarot cards and she would play with them. And I never stopped her from doing that. And there was a lot of like, the should I be doing this? Is this wrong? Yeah. And I think that's, again, that Christian thing, like she's just a kid. And I was like, hell no, my parents did that. They, you know, put me in their religious yeah, beliefs. Exactly. I, remember, I put her in my religious beliefs. Mm. But people do it all over the world. But then again, it's going to be totally her choice as she grows. She says to everyone that she's a witch in training. Oh, um, I love that. We were doing, she had like this walkathon at school the other day. It's like the the kids' version of a cross-country race. Yeah. So they had yeah. to walk around the Oval twice and parents could go down and walk with them. And there were these other parents that I'd never met before and she was like, my mum's a witch. I, <laughs> he's like, well, yeah. sorry, what? And she's like, my mum's a witch. And just like, runs <laughs> off. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a witch. And he's like, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was like, as an introduction, there we go. Poppy
0: does the exact same thing. She has like, no shame, like at school pick up, she's telling everybody, all the kids come over to me and go, are you a witch? Poppy said you are. And then she and her friends now sit um, at lunchtime and they make potions together. And then they all give each other their own goddess. So Poppy came home and she goes, my goddess is Hecate. And then my friend wanted a goddess, but it has to do with animals. And I'm like, is that what you were talking about at lunch? And she's like, Yes because we're witches
1: like okay that is so beautiful <laughs> yeah they um they're not quite like I don't I don't get any of the details about her conversations She's kind of just <laughs> it'll like, come yeah school was fine I want a <laughs> snack like, <laughs> that's the extent of it um, but it's actually quite cute some of the parents in her her class, like her friend's parents listen to the podcast. Now my podcast, oh, cute. that's good. That's good. Yeah. I've made parent friends. It's been really fun, but yeah, so I, I include her where she wants to be. She'll want to do spells. She comes into my room to do them. Uh, I will, you know, if she's going through stuff. I'll ask, you know, do you want me to try pulling a card for you or do yeah, you nice. want to do that? Or like I open it up to her. She does a lot of psychic work with me. So we do it as a game. Whereas I will say like, what color am I thinking of? And then she closes her eyes and I say, all right, you're going up a set of stairs and you're going to open a door and you go into that door and you see a box on the floor, open the box, what's in it. And she's like, it's a plant. I'm like, what color are the leaves? And she'll be like uh, purple. And I'm like, that's the color I was thinking oh, of. right?" Cute. So we do these cute little psychic. I love that. I yeah. want to do that so with my kids things like that. And It's good fun. And then we swap, Mm. we take turns doing the opposite way. Um, And then the other thing that's been really good is talking to her about death Mm. what happens when we die because I think the idea of heaven and hell is very traumatic. Mm
0: -hmm. I was traumatised
1: by that. I remember I thought there were demons everywhere. I thought there were demons constantly hiding under my bed and I was always terrified that I was going to end up going to hell and burning for eternity because I – Accidentally said, Oh my God, instead of Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not okay. And because I've done a lot of mediumship stuff and I've sort of been a bit open about that, like, oh, you know, sometimes I can see people even though they're not here, I can still communicate with them. And it has helped. My grandmother passed earlier this year and it was so easy for her to understand what was happening. And she was like, It's okay. She's still here, even though we can't see her. Mm. And it was just, it was really good. It was really interesting seeing her relationship to death and the afterlife and her perceptions of it and then not shrouded in fear whatsoever the idea of ghosts doesn't scare her like she's mm-hmm. not scared of anything related to death she understands it's part of a cycle and it's not the end
0: we um actually tonight when we were having dinner my littlest Noah he's four and he just started asking um because he's very into like how old everybody is at the moment. And so he's like, when I'm 17, will I die? And I'm like, why would you die when you're 17? He goes, because I'm old. And I think because somewhere along the way, we were mentioning someone we were talking about was like 99 and we were Poppy was saying how they're going to die because they're super old. And I'm like, usually when people get to that age, that is when people will die because you, when you're old, you die. And so in his mind, he's like 17s old. So that's when I'm going to die. And we're like, no, 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 you know, death can happen in all sorts of ways. I'm like, oh my God, how am I even going to broach this subject? It's yeah. such a big topic, but you know, we're like, you know, death can happen in all different ways. It could be an accident, but most people grow old and then they die. Yep. And I think trying to explain death to a child because I remember being little and having that realization that we're all going to die. And it's huge. It's a really big subject. And I think for a, a child, it's so important to give them that reassurance of um, something else happens. It's not just you're dead. That's it. Game over. And so like, what, what do you say? What do you, what's
1: your explanation of what happens when you die? So I, how have I told it to her? Cause she's been asking questions since she was about two. Mm. And the one thing I was very cautious of was saying anything around like people dying young or kids dying because yeah. I didn't want her to have a fear that she was going to die. No. Right? That's, I don't think that's healthy. And I've never shied away in terms of like my grief around people passing away. She's no. always seen that. And I think that's good to see how we deal with it. It's not hidden. It's not pushed down. No, it's normal. And uh, like with my grandmother when she passed and I said, I'm sad because I'm going to really miss her. I'm going to miss giving her hugs and I love her a lot. And I know that she's still here and I can talk to her and she will hear me uh, because her spirit can visit us, right? Have her on on our altar. There is a candle that lights her way to to find us again. Mm. And I said, but she might have her own things that she has to do on the other side, right, in the spirit world. She might have her own things that she has to do or people she has to look after, okay? Um, so I'll so, say, you know, if you want to talk to her, you can, but she's not always going to be right there if you don't mm. want to be watching something, right? Because I don't want her to think she's being watched every time she goes to the toilet <laughs> right? Because I know that's when kids' minds can go like, <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but then as well, like she's she's seen things, so she's like, um, I remember walking past her once and she was sitting on the couch and she was just talking away. And I said, I'm sorry, darling. I wasn't listening. What did you say? And she said, I'm not talking to you, Mum. I'm talking to Paw Paw, which means grandma in Chinese. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Tell her I say hi. And she goes, I will. You just can't see her. Mm. And then she wandered off. I wandered off and I was like, cool. Whether that was, you know, real or not. Right. I believe mm. it was. I think that's really beautiful that she's like, I can talk to my grandma. Mm. I I can do that. She passed when she was two, but she had such a beautiful relationship with her. She still talks about her all the time. Like It's really wonderful. And then she's seen other things where she's seen other spirits. And, you know, I've always come in and been like, I can't see them right now, but that doesn't mean they're not there. I totally believe you. And if you don't like them being here, you just tell them. Yeah. Right. And if you need mommy to do anything extra, I can do that. Okay. We need to put our boundaries up. Mm -hmm. She's a little Pisces. She's very open. And, you know, that's sort of how I just kind of keep it very mundane. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a part of life. Yeah. It's a part of life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's had had a few questions like, you know, when I have kids, will you die? Yeah. Like, well, when you have kids potentially, but you never know what's going to happen. Maybe I'll live until your kids have kids have kids. Like Mm -hmm. we don't know. Mm-hmm. Never, no one ever knows. So, yeah, kind of try and keep it around that. Yeah. And she's seen, I've done mediumship development, like Zoom calls, right? Mm-hmm. And she's wandered in to ask for a snack or whatever whilst I'm giving a reading or something, or whilst mm-hmm. I'm waiting for my turn. And every now and then I'll sort of, put my hand on her back, which is called linking. And I'll put my hand on the middle of her back and I'll say, Hey, look at this person here on the screen. Can you see anyone around them in your mind's eye? If you you close your eyes and she'll be like, yes, I see a man and a woman. Can I have something to eat now? (laughs) And I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I've just connected with a man and a woman. Like, wow. Like it's really cool to know that, you know, you're on the same page. Yeah. And so we've Mm. talked about that. I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, that's a little gift. Not everyone can do that. Um, you, you know, sometimes it takes a lot of practice. You're really lucky you've got a mum that can help you if that's something you want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I love that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, now, knowing that your first answer to this, do you have a evening ritual? <laughs> <laughs> I do
1: actually. Oh wow! <laughs> yes. Uh, so every single night. And mm-hmm. the only reason I wouldn't do this is, for example, I had a migraine last night. And so I was like, I was about to, I was like, no, why would I do that to myself? Just yeah. So unless there's like extenuating circumstances or the kids aren't going to bed every single night, I read every single night. Yeah. And I have a very strict way of reading. I have generally three to six books on the go at a time. I hear you and I will pick three of those and usually it's sort of like I keep the same three on rotation for a bit finish one a new one comes in might do a chapter of this one like I jump around a bit but I'll have three on the go Uh, there'll be two non-fiction books and one fictional book Mm -hmm. I will read a chapter of the non of each non-fiction and then usually a chapter of the fiction it depends right now I'm reading an Anne Rice book those chapters are really long Sometimes <laughs> I have to just like choose I don't know like 20 pages right yeah. keep it at that otherwise I'll be there all night so I usually sit down depends on my workload as well right about 11 I might have a cup of tea
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then read a chapter of each book and then I have an alarm on my phone that reminds me at eleven forty-five that I need to go and brush my teeth and get ready for bed mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like oh but I'm just I'm so close to the end of the chapter and keep going but that is my ritual I read those books and I sit in the same spot on the couch it's like my reading spot yeah and yeah that's and each of the non-fiction books are usually a witchy book yeah so I'm developing my practice in different ways and different mm-hmm. manners and my reading list is very varied like I do not stick to one tradition I do yeah. not stick one style it is beginner books so that I can review them on my blog and for everyone out there and then there are ceremonial magic or very old like occult Alistair Crowley mm-hmm. books like they just you know one's from the 90s one's from right now it, it doesn't really matter as long as I'm absorbing knowledge yeah and, cool. yeah critically thinking about them as well I'm as I said before very critical of what I read in a good way I think
0: I love that your alarm goes off did you say eleven forty five? Yeah. Mine goes off at (laughs) (laughs) 8.15 to tell me to go to bed so that we can see the difference between us.
1: (laughs) And that has only been a recent addition as well, because I was finding, I was going to bed closer to one and it got to the point where I was like, I really, I really need, because my son's up at five. It's like, and he's, you know, I have to settle him a few times throughout the night as well. So that is not one chunk from one till five. That is, you know, maybe two hours at a time, if that. So I like, am oh, I need to actually prioritize my sleep a little bit more because usually my natural body would prioritize sleep in the mornings. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I don't get. And I'm, I'm hanging out. Not that I, like, I love having my kids. I love doing the school thing. Right. But I'm hanging out for one day, <laughs> one day in the future, there will be a time when the, the kids are not home and I still work by my, for myself. So I can choose my own hours and I can do that. I can like yeah, wake totally. up 10 every day. <laughs> that would be a beautiful thing <laughs> one day <laughs> one
0: day that will happen it and will. i will love that too <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so. um now i've got five questions for you these are like a, a getting to know you more spitfire round mm-hmm. around rapid fire. So, okay. rapid fire here we go a movie you could watch a thousand times and never get sick of all of the Harry Potters.
1: I agree. And no, and I changed my answer. Pride and Prejudice, the one mm-hmm. with Colin Firth. Oh, yeah. That's my sick time movie. If I'm not feeling well, that's good.
0: <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, you have to have a sick time movie. Mine's Practical
1: Magic. Oh, see, I only watched that for the very first time last mm-hmm. Halloween. And I love I wasn't it. Allowed, wasn't allowed to watch it. Wasn't allowed Hocus Pocus. Wasn't allowed oh. to, I still haven't seen The Craft. I have no idea what that means. Oh,
0: was. man, you are missing out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on my list, you gotta do it. <laughs> um, a book that changed your life. Oh, uh, there is a book by B- Dr. Brian Weiss W E I S S and it is called Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm. That changed my life, especially around reincarnation. Interesting, fascinating. Highly recommend go and read it.
0: Okay. Uh, what is your spirit animal?
1: I don't like the term spirit animal,
0: mm-hmm. just
1: because it's potentially appropriated mm-hmm. um, but I do have I've had a few psychics that have picked up on a swan on my spirit team from a past mm-hmm. life that hangs around um I and the interesting thing about that is my shadowscapes deck is full of swans interesting which was my first tarot deck wow so I don't think it's a spirit animal in the term that like the Native American no no no, no not at all but, uh, yes, there is an animal potentially on my spirit team who is a swan. And the name that I got through for her was Atlantia.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, now, if you could travel anywhere in the whole world
1: right now, where would you go? Probably Egypt right now. I haven't been to Africa. It's the, Africa and Antarctica are the only continents I haven't yet traversed. Mm-hmm. And I would really like to go to Egypt. Mm, That would be cool. I'd like to go there. Yeah. Also, I have some family from Togo and Ghana. Mm -hmm. And so I've got a place to stay over there. So I would also check that out whilst I'm over there.
0: Now, what does happiness look like for you? That's a
1: really hard question. Mm. Um, There are so many different things that make me happy. Mm Mm-hmm. I think at the moment I keep saying, I keep stopping and turning around saying to Ben, like, this is so awesome. Usually when the kids are playing beautifully or like I'm getting beautiful snuggles or, you know, making some beautiful family memories, just doing normal things like cooking Mm -hmm. dinner, or getting cuddled or some, I don't know, just those normal mundane things. Or Ben and I sharing a cup of coffee on the couch whilst the kids run around crazy. Like Mm -hmm. those are, those are happy moments. The content moments. Yeah, they're the moments mm. that I think we're really going to miss when we get older. Mm-hmm. That's and I like beautiful. To, I like to think about that a lot, like <clears throat> looking back, this is the, these are the times I'm going to miss, like the crazy mm-hmm. school drop-offs. I'm going to miss doing that. I know I'm going to miss doing that.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. Normal moments. Oh Well, thank you, Hannah. Thank you. That was fun. I really enjoyed yeah. talking with you. and I, I learned more about you. So thank you. And um, now can you tell everybody where they can come and find you and what you have coming out?
1: Yes. So I am Suburban Witchery Mm -hmm. on all the platforms except for Twitter because Twitter has a word, like a letter count in the name. So it is Hannah, Mm H-A-N-A, the S-W, Suburban Witch, right? So Hannah the S-W on Twitter, but Suburban underscore Witchery on Instagram, just Suburban Witchery on YouTube, TikTok, and facebook Mm -hmm. i also have a patreon account i have a podcast which is called witch talks uh which called witch talks a suburban witchery podcast so Mm -hmm. even if you put suburban witchery you can still find it um that is my main places and i do also have a course i've actually just released it yes you do yes it is called uh the art of psychic divination So it's teaching people not only to develop their psychic senses and their psychic skills, but also to use a range of divinatory tools to help them to access information that they're looking for and the guidance that they have. So starting from simple divination, which is things like um, bibliomancy and palomancy, so using a pendulum, all the way up to classic and systemized, so that is things like tarot cards and astrology. And then, right, the very last module is all about free-flowing divination. So that is scrying, like fire scrying, mirror scrying, Ooh. and water scrying, reading <clears throat> caromancy, which is reading the wax. So it's it's a little bit more difficult, but I work you up to that.
0: I love it. And you're such a natural teacher as well. I'm sure it's going to be amazing.
1: I'm so proud of it. Like, I put my heart and soul into that. I, I'm really proud of that course. I you should be. Really great. I love it. Good well, on I'm you. I'm excited to put it.
0: In the world. Thank you so thank much. You. It was so nice talking to you, and um, yeah, you're just awesome. Like Yay! Thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> Bye. I love Hannah. She's just great, and she she's always so good to talk to. We have really good chats, and I'm I'm very grateful to have her in my little witchy gang. So, I hope you guys enjoyed um, our chat together. And definitely be sure to jump over and uh, check out all her socials. She's on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. She's got so many videos with a whole a whole like, barrel of knowledge. So definitely check her out and support her channels. Um, and thank you again for all your support with mine. I, you know, I every day I I get more and more people messaging me saying that they're listening to the show and that they're really enjoying it, and that just brings me so much joy because sometimes when you do these things, it can be a little bit lonely and you don't have that immediate feedback from anybody. So, um, and I think as a Leo, we do like to get <laughs> the confirmation that what we're doing is right and that people like what we're doing. So um, thank you so much for all your beautiful messages and for your reviews and your likes and your follows. It it means the world to me. And and please, if you you know want to connect more, definitely come and find me over on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook at Patreon. We're having such a cool time over at Patreon at the moment. We're getting into the Sarwan vibes. Um, So definitely come find me there or on YouTube. And if you enjoyed the show and you like listening to the episodes, I would love it if you left a review. Um, It just really means that I can get this show out to even more people and even more magical minds just like yours. So that would also mean the absolute world to me. I hope you guys are having a beautiful week and I hope it continues to be and even grows better day by day and I will check in with you guys next time. Thanks so much. Bye.